0: Union of the Unwanted, back August twenty second, twenty twenty two. Ricky, please take it away.
1: What? Uh, the music stopped immediately. I, I, I panned it down real quick so people could hear your beautiful voice. So, uh Union of the Unwanted, of course, every other Monday, seven p.m. Eastern time. You can watch it live on Rockfin, and then within a couple days. It will also be on Odyssey, and you can find it on all the audio platforms. Uh, so today we have a lot of returning guests, voices or faces, counting on how you're consuming this, uh, that you'll recognize. But we also have a, a newcomer, we, and uh, we might even have some more uh, newbies on, on the show, but one of them is Richard Fleming today. He's, uh, he's with us. Actually, I, I just heard in the, the pre-show conversation that Miriam was one of the first people to interview you. And uh, Peter McCullough is also with us. He's jumping in right now. I, I'll i I'll give him a second to jump in. I know he was uh, interested to talk about some, some things that's been on his mind also. But uh, Richard, while people are waiting for Peter and everybody else to jump in. Can you give a little bit of your background, let people know who you are? You have been on my show, but you're on my show real early and you're actually one of the, the doctors are going around. I was really outspoken really early in all this. So hats off to you. And, uh, and can you give people a little bit, a brief, of you know, origin story or, you know, you don't have to go in too much detail, but cause I know you, your resume is quite large. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I'm a
2: nuclear uh, I'm a physicist, nuclear cardiologist attorney um, the theory that explains how infectious diseases cause inflammation uh, for the heart diabetes, cancer, a variety of other things is a theory that I put together first in nineteen ninety four at American heart. It got published in a textbook in nineteen ninety nine I still refer to it as a theory because it's mine, but it's the accepted model of why these inflammatory thrombotic diseases occur. So it explains why SARS-CoV-2 eventually evolved into COVID-19, which is the disease versus the virus. Um have a patented method that measures tissue changes that I use for uh, an 1,800-person research study, national clinical trial that has been published and will be presented for the first time uh, September 8th at the American Study, nuclear cardiology conference. Um, in January of 2020, uh, I began looking into uh, a number of possible treatments for this virus based upon data that had already been put together. It took me a couple months to do that, and then I began that research study at the same time I began investigating the origins of uh, this virus, and I will say, actually, it should be said viruses because what you've all been calling SARS-CoV-2 uh, is not a single virus. The PCR data shows it's three viruses, at least that. Uh, uh, Ralph Burke at the University of North Carolina and Shee Lee at the Wuhan Institute of Virology were developing uh, from gain-of-function research monies acquired through National Institute of Allergies and Infectious Disease, National Institutes of Health, Department of Defense, a number of other federal agencies, I put um, a book together early on, uh, Skyhorse Publishing has out there um, early on, uh, being a year and a half or even two years ago now, uh, looking at the money trail, looking at the patents that are applicable to this, looking at the publications, uh, showing who did what, when, how, and why. And then I have been actively trying to promote this information with a tour called Crimes Against Humanity Tour. And about a week and a half ago, we launched what's called 10letters.org, which uh, everybody's been asking, you know, what can we do with this information to hold these people criminally accountable? So if you go to uh, the number 10 letters, L-E-T-T-E-R-S dot O-R-G, it's a website that you can simply put in your name and address. Uh, If you don't want your address to be shown, uh, there's a box to click on that. But by putting in all that information along with your state, it will pop up a cover letter that has the address to your attorney general in the state that you live in. So that you can then download that cover letter and you can download a letter for indictment, which is about a five-page document that I authored and signed. And then Dr. Kevin McCarran, who's one of the premier neurobiologists uh, in the world, and Brian Experts um, out of Japan, Charles Rixie, who a year and a half ago told me I was nuts and a conspiracy theorist, but now has the military documents to prove what I've been saying. He is former U.S. Marines WMD instructor, uh, Johanna Rein- uh, Diner, which is one of the reasons why I asked Miriam, which Johanna, you were talking about. Uh, Dr. Deiner is in Germany dealing with much of the same. And Andrew Huff, Ph.D., who is uh, also former military but was the vice president at uh, EcoHealth Alliance and helped to write the grant to Dr. Fauci and other agencies on behalf of Peter Dazak at EcoHealth. Uh, and so he provides the other arm of that testimony that we need. So the goal is for people to go. Download that cover letter, download the letter for indictment with three links, which includes the book. It includes an affidavit that I uh, filled out as an attorney. I can't form a complaint because these are criminal charges. So attorneys cannot file this. These have to be federal prosecutors or state prosecutors. So these letters go to the attorney generals or DAs or prosecuting attorneys. Uh, this is not a civil case. This is a criminal case. And then a deposition that I gave under oath uh, around January of this year, that was recorded, um, sworn in testimony, all of which can be used uh, to submit to every attorney general uh, right now. It's, it's very interesting to watch where the letters are going. Uh, Texas is in the lead by um, just one person being followed by Illinois, of all places. So people that think that perhaps there's some skewing of, uh, quote, red-blue, if, if you think in those terms, um, right behind them uh, and uh, California, Alabama, Utah, uh, and Florida. And we've been talking with the attorney generals in several locations to launch this. The goal is for everybody to fill these out and then to send it to 10 of your friends and have them fill it out, and to inundate these AGs, these state attorney generals, with documentation from the American people stating, look, we have a right to know what happened. This evidence shows that a biological weapon was made, weapons were made, and they had devastating effects. And this is the key pivotal point, because where you can get really upset or bothered, for a variety of reasons about quarantining of families and businesses and schools and synagogues and whether you could do anything in your home and whether you were masked, whether you, you were ostracized, whether the practice of medicine was interfered with, whether you believe that the vaccine should not have been something that were there. And I'll be glad to get into that because we've, I've, I've talked about this ad nauseum for me that the emergency use authorization documents themselves had people gone and looked at them and read them and analyzed them like I did, you would never have taken a vaccine because statistically they don't do anything. but I also think it's important to reach out to everybody who did the vaccine, who did mask, who did were doing this the vast majority of Americans people around the world for the right reasons, good caring compassionate people that thought they were doing the right thing, that we reach back out to these people and go, look, I got it. You did what you thought was the right thing. Now it's time to go after the people responsible for this. And if you think that Anthony Fauci's uh, resignation today is a day to, to celebrate, I would caution you. It is anything but. If you read his full resignation letter, he is simply moving laterally. He is going elsewhere, and he uh, everything is proceeding according to plan. And if you watch what's going on around the world, you should be ready for round two with the Nuclear Threat Initiative talking about monkeypox, with the gain of function with monkeypox, with the vaccines for monkeypox, with the CDC wanting Dallas to be a red zone, with uh, kids being masked up in California, with legislation trying to be passed to allow children to be vaccinated without the consent or knowledge of their parents. If you look at what they're doing in New Zealand and the UK, if you look around the world, this is going to come back with a vengeance. And we have a very short period of time to get these real indictments done. And these are, again, these are real indictments. A lot of people have, uh, a few people have used the term grand jury. What they're doing are not grand juries. Grand juries are a special group of people that only a prosecuting attorney can go to and say, here's the evidence. Do we go to trial with this? Do we indict these people or not? So that's everything. Maybe a very long elevator pitch speech, but long.
1: the reason why this show, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like, is so important is because it's it's not just thinkers and researchers, but it's a lot of podcasters, podcasters mm-hmm. too. So we get this information out there to so many different audiences because the things that... You're going to talk about Dr. Peter McCullough is going to talk about, uh, so many other people on the show talk about, uh, we all go to on our individual shows and share that information and talk about your work and your research and all that stuff. So it, it's really a great tool to get this information out there. I know, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough is also a black belt on this topic and never, never has, uh, um, or never doesn't have something important to talk about and discuss. Uh, I don't know if I should be calling on him when his camera's not on, but, uh, <laughs> Give it a try. <laughs> Dr. McCullough, thanks for joining us again. Uh, I'll, I'll wait till you're done chewing and, uh, and jump in anytime yeah, you want.
3: Well, thanks for having me. It's great to join this esteemed group. I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. I'm a practicing internist and cardiologist in Dallas, Texas, and been very involved in the COVID-19 response with both the U.S. Senate and State Senate testimonies. I'm a frequent contributor on many news networks, uh, One American News, and Uh, as well as uh, Newsmax and Fox News. Uh, In general, I've been uh, focused on methods to treat the patients early to avoid hospitalization and death, and now very focused on vaccine injuries, uh, both the fatal and non-fatal injuries. So I frequently provide analysis and commentary. I have uh, 57 papers published in the peer-reviewed literature on the COVID-19 pandemic, over 650 overall in the in the areas of uh, heart and kidney disease. So I continue to try to stay on top of uh, my game. Uh, So far, I haven't made any uh, wrong, majorly wrong calls in the pandemic. I was a frequent contributor in The Hill the first year of the pandemic. And now this year, I have my own podcast, America Out Loud Talk Radio, McCullough Report, which I bring on experts uh, from all over the world, including many who are on this call right now. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, something that that Dr. Fleming talked about and I think that we're all concerned about is people being responsible for what happened. Because I think, you know, we we've said it on the show numerous of times. I think like most trauma, people try to deal with it by forgetting about it and moving on. But if we do that, then people responsible for that trauma never pay for their actions. Uh, is there uh is, is there any light at the end of the tunnel in regards to people actually being responsible? Are we seeing, I I know there's lawsuits all over the place. Is there any small success stories and and, uh, examples of success?
3: (laughs) No, no, I don't think there's going to be any fairness in the courts. Uh, uh, The courts uh, have all taken the vaccines. Once people take the vaccines, uh, they typically don't reverse course. They they have this inner psychology that says, hey, listen, I took the risk. You need to take the risk too. So uh, I, I wouldn't expect any fairness in the courts. Um, what, what we really need to do is focus on the court of public opinion. And I know many of the efforts uh, mentioned uh, do do that, uh, but I think that's where it is. And it's really about convincing people uh, to, to basically not be fearful. Uh, you know, virtually everybody in Hollywood and the Screen Actors Guild is scared to death and they won't speak out. Even people at the end of their careers, when they have nothing to lose. They're scared to death to say anything. Uh, that they're, uh, you know, that they don't like what's going on. Virtually every billionaire in the world is afraid to even say a word that they don't like what's going on. And so, uh, you know, we even have actors, famous musicians. I mean, there are persons of, of, of public notoriety now being injured with the vaccines and none of them express any outrage or uh, have the courage to speak out. So I, I still think we have a long ways to go. I, I think it's a courage deficiency problem that we have right now.
2: So, um, uh, from from a legal perspective, I guess my argument would be that the criminal cases are probably the way that's going to actually take this forward. That the civil litigation uh, won't take it forward because I think that it's very easy to make an argument that civilly these people maybe didn't do anything wrong. Um, you know, when we're looking at remdesivir and we're looking at hospital protocols, you're not going to be able to get. a a positive verdict across the board when hospital administrators can say these were the drugs that were actually um, approved by the FDA. So the issue is to not have people be afraid, but to educate them so they have the knowledge base, which is what the Crimes Against Humanity tour and what the 10letters.org is all about. Um, I'm also a, a SAG actor myself. And I can tell you that the president of SAG has actually called a question the concept of some of what has been going on with the government and these uh, illnesses, Uh, this pandemic. uh, She has raised questions about uh, the masking and the forced vaccination and uh, some of the uh, problems that Screen Actor Guild uh, members have had. it's a kind, of, kind of a nice little end to have, uh, being a SAG actor as well, is to that community is doing. Uh, Hollywood is kind of an interesting area in that it's really, it, it reflects the United States, I think, quite properly, which is the perspective that people seem to have is you go to Texas and, well, that's a conservative or red state. Well, it's about 60-40. You go to California, and that's a liberal blue state. Well, no, it's about 60-40. And if you go to Hollywood proper, you'll find that it's about sixty forty 40 right now, that there is a fair number of individuals in the acting community that are rather upset about that. There are a good 10 to 15 of them that, uh, like uh, Dr. McCullough and myself, have been taken to task uh, by social media for standing up for what uh, they believe is the truth about uh, this virus and the vaccines and treatments and uh, the quarantining and, and the vaccines. So I would take, um, it's, it is an uphill battle, but the battle is fought in the courts and it's fought in the criminal courts where once we have the indictments on these individuals, you're going to see a lot of things change because as an attorney, the fun begins when we get to do depositions and discover it. Now, I can't be one of the attorneys in the case um, because that has to be the prosecuting attorneys that actually handle that. But um, we can certainly help and assist with the types of questions that are necessary. And that's why the group that we put together for Crimes Against Humanity with McCarran and uh, Dinard and Rixie and Huff and myself is critical because it covers the proof of the the gain of function viruses, which is the real uh, nemesis that's going on here, um, the monkeypox uh, issue that's coming down the streams. Uh, DARPA has been experimenting with aerosolized monkeypox for some time.
0: Um,
2: Doctor Fleming?
0: Yes, can I just ask something? You know, just because you mentioned DARPA and you mentioned the Defense Department earlier.
2: Sure, and who's talking to me because I don't see. So I'm sorry. Uh,
0: my, my name's Jason Burmes So I'm not sure if I'm up on the thing. I should be. I okay, thought, I don't I see your picture, but okay. Sorry about that, guys. My no, no. Bad.
2: Oh, there you are. Uh, okay, there very I am. good.
0: So, sure. you you talk about the Defense Department. Isn't that going to protect them, and especially because DARPA mm. had that strategic mRNA partnership with Moderna among others starting in 2013? So, so what is I would say the reality of how far this can go because it really was a defense department program.
2: Well, the reality of how far this goes is really dependent upon the people getting these letters for indictment into the attorney general because they are the ones who determine this going forward with an indictment. Department of Defense has within itself, uh, and Andrew Huff can speak to this directly as can Charles Grigsby that within the military and within the CIA, there is some activity going on as we speak where not everybody is on the same side of this argument. As you can imagine, a lot of the people that go into the military, just like a lot of the people that go into our police force and, and other agencies, are really good, honest people. They're trying the very best thing that they can do for society, and they take their oath. Uh, to the Constitution of the United States and to the people of the United States quite seriously. So as we're having this conversation, there are major league discussions going on right now uh, in the military and in the CIA. Um, I'd like to thank other agencies, but I don't have firsthand information on those agencies going on right now where where there are real um, disagreements. Uh, so these are not unified agencies against the people. There are a lot of people within our, our intelligence service and our military that want to do the right thing for the American people. And they, like most everybody, have been confused. They have a sense that something's wrong, but they don't know exactly what it is. It's hard for them to put their finger on. It, and that's part of what this Crimes Against Humanity tour has been about, is to educate people. It's one of the things I've tried to do and. I don't know, two, three hundred uh, interviews and 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 videos for people, which is to try to explain the science plainly and concisely, even if that means disagreeing with people on both sides of the aisle. Because I think, uh, in the end, what we're going to see is there's been misinformation provided by both sides uh, on these discussions, and that can make it very challenging for people to get a firm handle uh, and know who's telling them the truth. Understanding the truth does a lot to correct fear, and it does a lot to unify the American people, and I will argue that the American people, probably the people of the world, but the American people are by and large very outstanding human beings that want to do the right thing, they want to be taking the right actions, and they want people held accountable if there's been crimes committed.
1: Dr. Jack, I know you had a question, and then I know Miriam also had a a question or a comment uh, you're muted Jack, Dr Jack, and we can't hear you yet, but still can't hear you,
2: <laughs> but with telepathy we will be in <laughs>
0: uh no, nothing yet. Why don't we go to Miriam and then we'll swim back to
1: yeah. dr jack we'll give you we'll give you a second, yeah. Sounds good.
4: Oh, we just heard you. <laughs> okay, then I'll then I'll take off from here. Does that work? <laughs> yeah, that works. All right. Well, thank you, uh, Dr. Fleming, and and good to talk with everyone and and to see you all again. So we've been here before, where you know we we've seen the for decades. The CDC break every rule in the book. Uh, the blatant nature by which the FDA now basically ignores their own rules is is unprecedented. But I wanted to comment on Dr. Fleming's uh, perspective and, and answer to Jason that, you know, as an expert in translational research and understanding the ethics involved in research and the ethics involved with medical practice, the negligence Angle is one of many angles. You can unpeel this onion, in my perspective, in any direction and you find crime after crime after crime. Off-label, I think Dr. Peter McCullough and Dr. Richard Fleming will agree with me, does not mean illegal, right? You have the standards of practice and yet doctors are expected to be able to keep up with the literature on their own and advances in care. And so there have been historical cases uh, not involving COVID or respiratory al- ailments or vaccination, uh, but rather any kind of treatment where misdiagnosis was the key to nailing a doctor, the delay in treatment for bacterial pneumonia, for everyone that had a positive COVID test that actually had bacterial pneumonia, the disappearance of influenza. And it seems to me that, you know, like we've done before, death by a thousand cuts, uh, we should seek answers in every court in every conservative district. The liberal districts are where we lose. Unfortunately, that's political, but there it is. So when we go forward with things like grand juries, as Oregon has with two state senators uh, supporting that grand jury investigation and the defendants have been served, what comes next is unfortunately a discretion of policy. And so individual doctors have to be held accountable. And there are plenty of individual doctors that denied appropriate care to people who are dying right in front of their own eyes, in spite of the literature that they should well have known. And so uh, I wholeheartedly support Dr. Fleming's approach, and I can't wait to see all the dominoes fall when these cases come to fruition.
2: I. Yeah, and I I would like to just kind of add to that. Um this discussion about uh medical practice and off-label use. Um I'm not even going to get to the off-label use because I don't think it's germane. Um here's here's a nice example that I'm trying to use to explain to people. As a cardiologist, I frequently see people with a heart rhythm known as atrial fibrillation. It's the second most common rhythm in the United States. A lot of people have it. Now, I have a very specific way of treating that. And many of the drugs that I see other doctors use are not drugs that I would consider appropriate as a cardiologist. Uh, I was trained by Jerome Naccarelli, who's actually the guy who runs the uh, American Society of Electrophysiology. And our cardiology fellow group were the candidates that uh, were used to determine the electrocardiographic tests that, that were given to people. That being said... Just because I disagree with the drug that you might use for each patient doesn't mean that there aren't others out there that you could use. And if you, as a doctor, choose something different than I would choose, and you and your patient decide that's a good drug, if it works, there's no point in me intervening in that, right? And if it doesn't work, my premise is that the patient will eventually seek out another doctor. So the point of that being, just because I might disagree with you on the drug that you chose doesn't mean that I should get to intervene on you and your patient on the practice. Now, I could do that with diabetes or high blood pressure or a number of diseases, but the point is there's not a single cookie-cutter approach for treating any of these diseases. My, my interest with COVID, the disease, which is different than the virus, SARS-CoV-2, is that by the time you get this inflammatrombotic response, which develops coronavirus disease, you not only have to teach virus, treat virus attachment and replication, but you have to tra- address the inflammation and in the blood clotting, whether that's from the innate part or the humoral antibody component of this immune response. That being said, there's more than one way to do that as well. So I think that one of the things that, that, we lost sight of was simply a recognition that different doctors might choose different treatments that independent upon whether another doctor would agree or disagree, that, that's really not how we've been practicing medicine. Um, there's a lot of, of differences that you're taught around the United States in different hospitals and different training programs, um, and, and that should be somewhat Respected. Once a drug is approved, uh, it has always been the accepted approach that a physician may use a drug with the consent of their patient um, that they choose to do, and other people don't come in and and uh, meddle in that. Malpractice becomes an issue where they got the diagnosis wrong or a number of other things. But we've we've never we've never practiced this this interference before. But again, the the critical issue is that how did we get here? We got here because biological weapons were made that are criminal acts that are a violation of the U.S. Constitution that violate the Biological Weapons Convention Treaty, the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, the Declaration of Helsinki, and thanks to a Southern District of Texas uh, judge who ruled in the case of Jennifer Bridges versus Methodist, where um, the court ruled against, the judge ruled against uh, Jennifer Bridges and her group because Methodist Hospital is a private entity and not a government. Ergo, what the judge said was that governments, including are... Can be held criminally responsible for Nuremberg violations. So anybody, uh, and I saw a lot of people poo-pooing this when I first started talking about it. They would go, well, Nuremberg isn't a, isn't a, a crime. It's not a code. It's not anything the U.S. is under. Well, according to federal judge, it is. So thank you to that judge in the Southern District of Texas. Not so good for Jennifer, but something positive came out of it.
1: so uh miriam or did you wanted to uh
5: yes yes i have a good evening everyone excuse my aunt jemima look is that racist maybe um my question is for dr fleming and uh dr mccullough uh, dr fleming one you mentioned that you've come across three viruses <laughs> My my question is in regards to this monkey pox Which apparently was gain of functioned as early as uh, um, I forget 2007, I think, when it hit in Nigeria, and arguably jumped from hands and extremities to the genitals. So you mentioned that things are going to get worse. I I feel I was just reading on the CDC website about fomites. So now they're looking at surfaces. Uh, I know, I know, Mel has mentioned this in in other interviews regarding making us scared to touch things. Let's not forget that smallpox was used to, um, to kill a whole bunch of Native Americans. And so I'm curious to know your thoughts on how this is gonna unfurl. And they're using a smallpox for supposed monkeypox when likely many of those people are also suffering from HIV or vades or other jab-induced problems.
2: Um, well, to begin with, uh, there's very little evidence that any virus which requires a living host cell to survive is is transmitted well by non-organic tissue. You know, um, and I think most of us, at least I found it very entertaining when people were Cloroxing their uh, groceries uh early on where they were, you know, trying to clean off whatever they thought was on there that was being transmitted from person to person. Um, my concern with monkeypox is, is several folks. First off, uh, the Nuclear Threat Initiative proposed it back last year. Now, remember, gain of last year was something that the U.S. government was denying even occurred. You know, Anthony Fauci has given testimony to the Senate before uh, Senator Dr. Rand Paul, declaring that NIAID has had no gain-of-function research on coronaviruses uh, and arguably any other virus, despite the fact that the patent shows that NIAID paid for chimeric function research on the spike protein of coronaviruses. So... Um, the fact that they had a nuclear threat initiative designed to develop a no-regret scenario to test uh, the responses of people to see what it would take to manipulate society again to uh, come under the control of whatever agency wants to declare a new emergency. The fact that there is already a vaccine for a combination uh, monkeypox uh, SARS-CoV-2 that already exists I mean, those genetic sequences have already been laid out in patents, uh, ignoring the fact that um, this is primarily a disease of, uh, of uh, uh, gay individuals, and it's not meant to be discriminatory. I was there when HIV hit the scene, I was in medical school. Uh, the goal is, is to look at how these viruses are, tr- are transmitted. The evidence suggests that they're transmitted uh, from person to person through close sexual intimacy uh, contact. I think the question uh, becomes arguably raised, um, why are we seeing so much of this in children? And uh, what else is going on at this point in time? Because that's, that's one of the populations that they're trying to raise questions about and i think they're doing it uh there's some fear that's involved in in uh what's coming out right now but again the us government has been involved in this darpa has been involved in this uh it's not the only viruses that they've been working on and plenty of universities are involved in this type of research uh here in texas in the state of washington and iowa nebraska north carolina Many state universities are getting funded to do this type of gain-of-function research, um, uh, not just with SARS-CoV-2 or MERS, but uh, monkey box viruses and other types of viruses. So they're they're playing around with very dangerous uh, viruses that can be transmitted. But I, I think, hopefully, going back to your original question. There's nothing that suggests that these are being transmitted through non-living tissue.
6: Well, can I ask a question? Like, I mean, I've done a lot of research into all this. And, uh, you know, I, I'm still trying to figure out, like, you know, I, I have these documents from the FDA that said that the CDC never isolated the COVID vi- virus in order to make their their test, the PCR test. And, you know, a lot of us here, uh, you know, we, we we swim in the conspiracy uh, pool. And a lot of people have talked about how there was never an isolation of uh, HIV or any correlation between HIV or connection between HIV and AIDS. Any thoughts on that? Because we study, like, basically how they rolled out COVID. They scared us all in with those videos of the Chinese falling backwards and that kind of got us all, you know, and I, you know, for me, I'm into the spiritual side of everything, This spiritual war and they have to get us to manifest us begging them to save us. So I, I really have questions because, you know, I have the documents here where the FDA said the CDC at the time of the, uh, of the, uh, the creation of the PCR test never isolated the COVID virus to create the test. And I would just love to hear your thoughts on that.
2: Sure. So, um, Sam Tripoli, right? Okay. Um, So, on the website, on plumbingmethod.com, one of the things that I have done, there's over 200 papers that I've accumulated. I've kind of stopped accumulating them because I haven't seen much additional benefit of my going on every day and posting one or two papers. But in those documents, there are um, the genetic sequences for samples that were taken, uh, and interestingly enough, when those cruise ships first started docking, those were huge sample uh, sites. I mean, they, you can tell that they were very nervous about, they being the government, being very nervous about the number of people that were infected. There's a number of samples that were obtained from these cruise ship individuals. Where they think they sequenced, they actually did the Sanger sequencing. So, Sanger sequencing is just that that messaging uh, the the technique that's used to determine what the nucleotide bases are. It's something that's new. Um, and they they there's more than thirty thousand samples on one of those sites that I have collected. I also have on the site about a third of the Wuhan data bank before they wiped it. Um, which was very interesting and telling what type of research that they were doing. Um, I don't want to skip around too much because he had a number of things there. Uh, so Luc Montagnier and I were friends, uh, during the last couple years of his life. We worked on a number of issues that we were very interested in. Uh, one of those had to do with HIV and one of those had to do with SARS CoV 2. Um, I think sometimes people are led astray in in um, what is frequently said, uh, and so I'll try to do some correcting of that if you don't mind. To begin with HIV, the virus is a precipitating factor that may or may not lead to the disease known as acquired immune deficiency syndrome. Cholesterol is a precipitating factor that may or may not lead to what's known as coronary artery disease. Um, the reality is that more than one thing has to happen typically for the disease to occur, and it's it, it's a matter of the diseases being inflammation and blood clotting happening together. What Luke and I, Professor Luke Montagnier and I, were, were dealing with um, during the last couple of years was looking at some of the original work with HIV and comparing that to SARS-CoV-2. And one of the things that was noted, and I don't know how well people remember back, again, I was a medical student in the dark ages in the early 80s when, when HIV hit the scene. And we noticed that as people would start getting treated with those first protease inhibitors that once they stopped getting treated, they started getting thicker. And then they became somewhat recalcitrant to treatment responses. And the electron microscopy analysis of that showed that the outer part of the HIV virus seemed to be denuded after they had these protease inhibitors, which is one of my concerns about Paxlovid, because it does the same type of response. And when the electron microscopic studies were done and and in these very, very ill people that were now getting sicker after stopping their protease inhibitors, not only was the virus appearing denuded by electron microscopy, but there were other little particles that were showing up. Now, the appearance of those other little particles are the equivalent of glycoprotein 120, and glycoprotein 120 is the attachment site for HIV. It is also what the the original gain of function work that Xheng Li was doing with this HIV pseudovirus attaching glycoprotein 120 to this SARS-COV2 uh, virus does if you will, so that the attachment for this virus is not the ACE2 receptor. The first attachment is to swing into contact with what's called a sialic acid receptor with a NUR5AC receptor site, and it does that by the glycoprotein 120 attachment. That then swings the spike protein into the ACE2 receptor that brings it into contact with the TMPRSS2 or the transmembrane protein 3 ACE2 receptor, which then brings it in contact with the purine cleavage site, the PRRA, the four amino acids we talk about, um, that's proof of this gain of function. And then it's brought into the Neuropilin 1 site. And it's that series of steps that turns out to be critical. Well, that glycoprotein 120 is a key component of this viral uh, uh, infectivity. And, and it's critical for getting it there. Um, This is the same thing that we saw with HIV. And it's the same thing that we're seeing with this virus. And it's probably the reason why in Australia New Zealand early on, if you remember when they started doing the vaccines, they were uh, curiously enough testing for HIV, right? And they were coming up positive because they were detecting uh, probably uh, the glycoprotein 120 that was there present on it. Not to mention the 1770 other nucleotide bases from HIV and SIV which Luc Montagnier and Jean-Claude Perez demonstrated were inserted into the spike protein that are not naturally occurring in these coronaviruses. So, we know that they have those because of those nucleotide base sequence. Now, I've listened to a lot of the conversations with CDC and everybody else saying that they don't have anything particular. Well they weren't the ones actually running those tests or those Sanger sequences. So it's very easy for them to say, well, we don't have it. You know, I mean, it's one of those plausible deniability things, which is, well, we don't have it and we're not connected with it. We didn't make it. And, 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 you know, um, and that just seems like a very cute, clever ploy on their part. And uh, it's very confusing for other people, but when you have, So, when Luke knew he had HIV, the reason why he knew he had it, uh, that he discovered something new, was because in those days, in the early 80s, what we tended to do, we didn't have nucleotide based sequencing to run. So, what we did is you would ask for, in this case, Gallo at, at NIH, is who Luke Montagnier asked for. And he said, you know, Robert, I I need all your antibodies for all the known viruses so that we can test. And what you do is you add the antibodies to your, your sample that you don't know what it is. And if it precipitates out with something, well, you know, that's what it is, right? The antibody and the antigen precipitate out. But if it doesn't do that, you know, you have something new. And that's what, that's what, that's when Luke knew he had something brand new. Now the reality is uh as far as this virus was concerned i would argue that one of the reasons why we were so fast and getting the Sanger sequencing done was now we have it number one but number two they were building this thing and so they had a pretty good clue what they were putting into it you know and it's kind of like ralph barrick has admitted in interviews uh the best ones are the italian interviews that i've played for people um where barrick is saying you know, look, we you can build almost anything. And in fact, that's how we that's how we define everything now, is based upon nucleotide based sequencing. We're not living in the 1800s. We live in 2022, and we we genetically sequence you, so we know what you are. So we know the difference between a bird and a and a bat and a SARS-CoV-2 and and a human being and all that because we sing or sequence. And when you do that, you have, thanks to the 2004, when that genome project was completed, we have a pretty good understanding. It's not, there are still some gaps, but uh, very good data and this very rapid Sanger sequencing. So you find something new, you Sanger sequence it, then you say, well, how am I going to look for it? Well, the fast, dirty, and quick way is a PCR test, you know, and Kerry Mullis, as far as I know, Kerry Mullis and I are the only two people who have ever challenged Anthony Fauci to a debate and he hasn't he didn't take Mullis up on it and he hasn't taken me up on it. Um, which I think is telling. But Kerry Mullis was very very clear. His test is a genetic sequence test. Yes, it does it tells you if that sequence is there. It does remember, SARS-CoV-2 is a virus, or I would argue virus does, at least three, which I can give you the names on if you want. Coronavirus disease is a disease that can happen. So you go to medical school to learn to take tests like PCR or chest X-ray or an electrocardiogram or a sodium level and physical exams. You go see the patient, you you hear from them the symptoms they're having, and you listen to them uh, do a physical exam and you find signs of disease. And you put that together and you say, well, based upon these tests. And based upon, what you're telling me, and based upon the clinical signs I find in any other diagnostic studies, I conclude you have this disease, right? So you have atherosclerosis, or you have AIDS, or you have COVID, right? And it's true that if you look at the symptoms that were that were used for these vaccine studies, and it doesn't matter whether you like them or not, because the bias is there for those who got vaccinated and didn't get vaccinated. They're using the same set of rules. You get a PCR test, and I would argue the PCR test, when done the way Mullis said to do it, is an accurate test for looking for genetic sequences. Which you know, is I'm sorry, What
5: What's the cycle threshold? That do you? What's the proper way? Okay,
2: to do- so no, I, I got you, and uh, I'll get that in just a second. I, I I know where you're going with without, Miriam. Um, and, and, or, or the test that I developed, FMTVDM or Fleming method, if you do either one of those incorrectly, you can't hold it on Mullis and you can't hold it on Fleming that you did it incorrectly. Now what Miriam is, is I think referring to is that Curry Mullis w- was very clear in his patent, just like I am in mine, which is it's 20 cycles, guys. At 20 cycles, you have 1,058,555 copies. Okay, after that, you get static and background noise, okay? But it doesn't mean PCR is a bad test. PCR done correctly is a good test for what the test is designed to do, is to look for genetic sequences, right? Um, a disease diagnosis is made by a physician who takes your test and takes your symptoms and takes your clinical science and puts it together and says, this is it. And And, you know, look at those emergency use authorization documents and and you and you actually look at them and read them and analyze them look the symptoms for that that they came up with could they be this SARS-CoV-2 virus absolutely they could also be any of a number of other infections be they viral or bacterial or fungal they, they shoot some of them many of them are are there for cancer okay so I can't correct that. All I can do is I can say, well, let's look at that those emergency use authorization documents and see what they really tell us, because they gave us everything we needed in those EUAs, which is that if you look at the Pfizer EUA, and again, if you want to go look at them, they're on PlumbingMethod.com. I put them there so people can go read them. Um, I think they're number two, number three, and 51, which is a sad reflection of how many times I've had to quote this. And you look at the Pfizer data, and and we're going to be real honest on terms here. When they use the term vaccine efficacy and they give you those numbers, those numbers are correct. But vaccine efficacy doesn't mean what you probably think it means. Vaccine efficacy doesn't mean how effective is the vaccine. vaccine. Vaccine efficacy is how often did it fail. If you look at how those numbers are calculated, it means how often did it fail. And so if you go into the emergency use authorization documents, I've done this multiple lectures, and I do it on this crimes Against Humanity Tour, sure. and you look at those tables, the very tables that are in the EUA, and you say, okay, let's ask a fundamental question that I think is what people are asking or wanting to know. If I get vaccinated, what is the likelihood I won't get sick, right? That's that's why people do it. Because vaccines do not prevent you from getting infected and they do prevent you from transmitting infection, right? They never have. In fact, for a vaccine to work you by virtue of, of it working, you have to become infected. Those memory cells to be kicked in to shorten the response time. The only way a vaccine can work is if you become infected after you're vaccinated, right? So
1: now I, I'd if like
2: you to go that... to the EUA.
1: Oh, go ahead. I'll let you so finish. If right.
2: you go to the EUA document and you ask how many people in the Pfizer study were then diagnosed with COVID or died, and How many people, after they got vaccinated, how many people ended up with COVID or died if they didn't get vaccinated? What you will find is that there is no statistical difference. The numbers may look different to you, but when you statistically analyze them, there's no statistical difference. If you look at the Moderna vaccine EUAs and you do the same calculation and you say, is there a statistical difference between the people who got vaccinated with Moderna and the people in the Moderna study who didn't, it turns out, there's no statistical difference. Janssen, which is what people typically refer to as Johnson and Johnson, the adenovirus DNA vaccine. <laughs> the first two being lipid nanoparticle mRNA vaccines. If you look at the Janssen data at two weeks, there is a statistically significant reduction in people getting COVID or dying. However, They also were kind enough to carry that out two more weeks, 28 days. And when you look at that data, by 28 days, that benefit is gone, making the only argument that I can come up with for vaccinating people every two weeks with a Janssen if you go for that. Um, So the vaccines themselves, the EUA documents themselves tell us everything we need to know right up front that there was no statistical reduction in people developing COVID or dying, whether they were in the vaccine group or non-vaccinated group. In other words, they don't work. And if I were to walk up to almost any patient and say, I want you to take this drug, it won't change the outcome, but I want you to take it, would you take it? And usually people will say no. The first time I asked it, somebody in the front row said yes, And he said, well, Dr. Fleming, if you told me to take it, I'd take it. And I said, okay, (laughs) I love that. That means you trust me and you should be able to. But the question is, if I tell you here's something to take and it will not change the outcome, would you take it? Your answer should be
1: no. uh, Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I'd love to get Dr. Jack. Dr. Aida, uh, Dr. Lindsay, Dr. McCullough, and you guys want to add to that, or
4: yeah, con- yep. Can you hear me okay now? Yep, we hear you. Well. All right, yeah, thank you. So, when the very first clinical trial from SARS on SARS Cov two vaccination came out, or jabs, or immunization, or injections, whatever you want to call them. Um. Moderna got everyone excited, including their stockbrokers, by saying, by claiming 95% efficacy. Every study, that study, and every study since then left out patients that got COVID before they got the second shot. Hmm. And this is, Dr. Fleming is correct. There's a difference between vaccine efficacy and vaccine effectiveness. Vaccine effectiveness is real world, what happens every day when in the real world, if anybody gets the shot. And of course, uh, let's remember that these were superhuman beings. These were people that had no adverse events of any kind. They had no medical problems. They had no autoimmunity, right? They were young, right? They were not the elderly. They were not the immunocompromised. And so when you actually look at their data, uh, we started at 75% efficacy. Knowing what we know happens, if the best you can do is 75% against the respiratory virus, you're going to mass vaccinate with a leaky vaccine, and we already knew from day one what was going to happen. Just on efficacy that the virus would evolve and escape the vaccine. But now on top of it, when you look at the effectiveness data and bother to calculate the equivalent score of efficacy ever since the Israel Israeli data came out a year and a half ago, and then Barnstable County data came out, it's negative. The vaccinated were more likely To have a diagnosis. And unfortunately, the vaccinated now are more likely likely to get serious COVID, but more likely to be hospitalized. Where does negative Mm -hmm. efficacy come from? It means that the vaccine is making the virus enter the cell with greater ease. That's antibody dependent enhancement. And I want everybody to look at Dr. Jacques Fantini's studies on this because he tells the natural history of the SARS-CoV-2 virus, starting with the Wuhan 1 variant. First of all, we know nothing from experimental data on any viral variant of SARS-CoV-2, except for Wuhan 1, when it comes to antibody-dependent enhancement with the rhesus macaque studies they did. Not beta, not gamma, not delta. They never retested for antibody-dependent enhancement, and that's where the slippery slope comes in. Dr. Fantini does this wonderfully complex, very accurate computational modeling specifically showing for Wuhan-1 antibodies and Wuhan-1 infection, no antibody-dependent enhancement. With alpha antibody, alpha infection against Wuhan-1 antibodies, we're talking spike protein antibodies, no antibody-dependent enhancement. From gamma forward, antibody-dependent enhancement was sitting there waiting. And when the vaccine came in December, we were at Delta, and according to Dr. Fantini, because the Asian populations largely had immunity due to SARS-CoV-1, they really didn't see any problem with antibody-dependent enhancement, but the European population got the Delta surge because of vaccination. And so when you're telling the story about what really happened here in the the, uh, efficacy, uh, negative efficacy from Barnstable County, that was July of 2021, we're looking at a very serious problem that CDC knew about, and yet continued to push the vaccine. They knew about it, continued to push the vaccine. Again, we're looking at crimes against humanity specifically because they decided to push forward the agenda knowing it would cause harm. And there's no denying it. The experimental evidence now that's needed is we need Ron Johnson, we need other politicians to step forward and say, hey, CDC, what's going on with the antibody dependent enhancement since you haven't tested it since Wuhan won? Why don't we test it with the current Omicron variants and see what's really happening? Use Reese's macaques if you want to. You'll see it. it. You know, it was the Reese's macaque monkeys were the wrong animals to do back when it was a close call. It's not a close, not even anywhere close to a close call now. So Jacques Fantini, that's with an F, he's from France. Amazing science. And he just asked the question: what happens? The spike protein approaches the mem- cell membrane. It interacts with the antibody and a RAF protein. It opens up the cell. I think it was gamma forward. From gamma variant forward, ADE was in the box. So that's what I wanted to add about
7: efficacy. Thanks.
1: Dr. Lindsay, Dr. Aida, and you guys want to jump in on on your thoughts on this? Yeah,
7: I mean, I'm seeing it clinically in, in my practice. I mean, I'm seeing patients that are vaccinated and... Not only are they getting COVID often, <laughs> you know, two, three times they're they're contracting it, but all other types of viruses. I have patients that say, you know, since I've been vaccinated and boosted and I'm sick every every month and I'm seeing it clinically in my practice. And it's it's crazy. And not only am I seeing them contract vi- other viruses, but. Latent viruses that are in their system, like Epstein Barr virus, cytomegalovirus, they're coming to the surface. I have patients right now that I'm dealing with that with chronic Epstein Barr virus because their immune systems are shot, and I've ne- never seen this in 21 years of practice. And you know, all of a sudden, this is you know, within the past two years, I've treated more cases of reactivated Epstein Barr virus than than I can can even count. In fact, in the Journal of Pathology, they said that you know, with long haul COVID, two thirds of the people that have long haul COVID have reactivated Epstein-Barr virus and have other viral, human herpes viruses that are coming to the surface. So I think that this this vaccine is just um, giving people acquired immunodeficiency syndrome. I mean, that's really what you're seeing. Um, That's just what I'm seeing clinically in my practice. It's on a daily basis, I'm getting, you know, calls from people and people coming in and it's the same story over and over and over again. So luckily you, I have, I'm a, I'm a naturopathic physician, so I have a lot of tools in my toolbox to use with them and get them better, but it's, it's disheartening to see this. Thank you, Dr. Uh, Ayeda. That unfortunately is
4: most likely due to pathogenic priming leading to autoimmunity yep. against parts of our immune system. And so Uh, You have to look at it. You're muted, I think. If if you look at it from an immunologic perspective and bring an immunologist into some of your patients and try to identify what parts of the immune system are compromised, you'll find cross-reactive antibodies. We need these kinds of studies published. I have a journal, Science, Public Health Policy, and the Law. And if any of you doctors find cross-reactive antibodies between parts of the immune system and uh, the SARS-CoV-2 Proteins, whether it's the spike protein or the infection, because the problem is the spike protein will start. Right? It's like the start. Spike protein starts the immunocompromise, but then once you're immunocompromised, that sars CARF two infection, then unleashes autoimmunity to these other parts of the of the viral proteins that also are auto reactive. Yeah. And you know, Ricky invited me on to try to pitch some of the studies that we're doing. I'll, I'll take three seconds here just to say. We're doing pathogenic priming studies on every vaccine in the pediatric schedule. We're identifying the unsafe epitopes per vaccine, per protein. We've finished hepatitis B. That manuscript, are in a reviewer fight right now with the journal because reviewers are saying that it's, it's garbage. Uh, but uh, we've, we've, we're, we've got the data in-house from MMR. And we're just going right down the, the list because under U.S. regulatory uh, rules, they don't have to test any of the excipients. They don't have to test aluminum mercury for dosage toxicity, but they do have to test the proteins for dosage toxicity. And they've never done dosage toxicity studies on the proteins. So so the proteinaceous parts of the protein are are are, are where they have to test. And you know, good 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 for you, Doctor ada for being right on top of that autoimmunity.
7: Yeah, lots of auto I'm I'm seeing a huge uptick in autoimmunity in my practice. And it's um but we're able to you know with my my therapies my treatments and you know i'm able to kind of calm it down so it's without overtly suppressing their immune system um we're doing a lot of work on their their digestive tract their gut and you know healing up their gut so and you know down regulating that response without suppressing their immune system necessarily cuz that's you know <laughs> they already have a suppressed immune system it's just dysfunctional D- doctor yeah they're
2: oh, oh sorry Oh no! I was just I, I was kind of, going <laughs> to. I was just going to briefly interject that you know some of the studies that we present in those crimes against humanity tours the the first study where they look at the Pfizer vaccine and actually measured the tissue necrosis uh, factor alpha, the interleukin one beta, uh, both to the vaccine itself uh, for Pfizer following the second injection and then followed the response that uh, people had to an influenza vaccine and showed that those that those chemicals are part of the innate immune system from the T cells, are blunted uh, following the Pfizer vaccine so that people could not mount a response to the influenza vaccine. Uh, Mulligan published another paper looking at the uh, innate T cell lymphocyte counts and actually, the first uh, injection of the BioNTech reduced the T cell counts, which is the exact opposite of what you would want to have happen. Um, by the uh, second dose, uh, about a week out, uh, they were back up to baseline uh, ranges. But again, you would expect an increase. And then the recent macaque uh, model from Corbett, where the action measured responses so showed most alarmingly to me uh, in addition to the innate immune response, a reduction in the T helper two cell responses and the T helper two cells, as I'm sure everybody recalls or if not will pretend to recall with me, um, are the T are the T cells that are critical for recognizing that you actually do have a pathogen that you need to now make an antibody and memory cell response to. And it's a three, uh, part system that allows this T helper two cell uh to kick in and these are actually suppressed by these vaccines so we have you know there's been some very good evidence showing here uh not only uh impairment or reprogramming of the innate immune system uh in a variety of animal models with a variety of these vaccines but you know the auto the uh the antibody dependent enhancement uh, based upon what the osaka japan physicians first published back in, I think, the very beginning of 2021, showed that actually antibody-dependent enhancement, new creature, if you will, for this virus, because what is actually shown is that the spike protein opens up to increase the infectivity by a factor of 4 to 10 uh, following antibody response. And as I always tell people, just because you can make antibodies it isn't necessarily a good thing because cardiologists like myself, and I'd like to thank all the other doctors too, when you have strep, stroke, put you on antibiotics so that you don't make antibodies because it's not an autoimmunity issue because that suggests that there's something wrong with your body. It's your body making an immune response to a foreign antigen like this virus that then recognizes something similar in your body, like the valves of your heart that yep. it goes after. So uh we've we've done a nice job of showing the pressure selection that has occurred, and one of the why there's twenty eight variants to date isn't because this is a single gain of function virus that's gotten out, but it's three different ones that are now sharing genetic code sequences with each other and If you look at the nucleotide bases, you can you can match match them across to see which ones are exchanging which and so what we've done with this vaccine program. Is we have done a pressure selection on these viruses, which is the same thing as using antibiotics over and over and over and having antibiotic resistance. All pressure selection is, is the viral equivalent of doing the same thing. And if you were one of my medical students and, or, or, or even fellow and you did the same thing over and over and over again with a bad outcome, you'd be off my service. So it makes no sense that we have continued with a an approach. But Einstein was one of the people that classically said doing the same thing over again and expecting a different result is a form of insanity. But well, yep. we have demonstrated uh, that our, our, our system has run amok with metal insanity. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you go back to I, I know I interrupted somebody. I didn't mean to do that.
7: Where do you see it going in terms of? you know, every year they're going to plan on having a new vaccine. Where do you see everything go? Where do you see this going in terms of people's immune systems? You know, if they're going to put out a vaccine every single year for, mm. and it's, it's going to, it's not going to be work, work. It's not going to work because they're going to hit the previous variant. And then it's going to change, you know, this right. whole, you know, like we're going to do a, like a flu vaccine for, mm. for COVID. Where do you see humanity going at this point? You know, where, what's the outcome? down the road. I, I know it's not going to be good, but what do you think? What do you yeah. think? It's gonna, what do you think it's going to okay. end up being? Well, Mass casualties?
2: Well, so one of the things I'm known for is, is making enemies on both sides <laughs> <laughs> because, because I don't care who you are, which side you're on. If you're saying something that is misleading or wrong, I'm on it. one of one of the, uh, so asymptomatic spreaders are real. Asymptomatic carriers are real. Uh, the the people frequently use the Wuhan study to say, uh, "See, the Wuhan study says there are no asymptomatic carriers, they are spreaders." But that's exactly the opposite of what that paper showed. That paper showed statistically that there were a significant number of asymptomatic carriers, and where were they? It turns out that when they geographically, and this is in the paper, so it's not my fault that people aren't reading it, there were the infection. Is right? So you don't have to have a PhD, MD, or JD to figure this out. You're going to have asymptomatic spreaders where there's infection. Now, why is that important? Because I think that recognition, Fauci got that one right. There are asymptomatic carriers, but let's, let's carry through the full logic on it if everybody will be patient with me. What we saw up front was data that suggested that people who got vaccinated had a lower incidence of getting sick with the disease COVID. And I will argue that those numbers are right. Stay with me, though, please. They, what they did is they developed an antibody response to the spike protein of Wuhan HU1, which up front was the virus variant that was going around. So if you were vaccinated, you had some protection, not statistically different, but some protection against Wuhan HU1. Well, these things don't live like Wuhan HU1. I mean, I don't know how many people are on this, this discussion, but none of us are exactly the same, but we're all human, right? So we're all variants of human, and you won't just see one type by itself. So Wuhan HU1 wasn't the only one going around, but it was the prominent one. So if you had people that were getting exposed and they'd been vaccinated, they had a shorter response time, and it turned them into an asymptomatic carrier. Or a lower symptomatic carrier, which, which allowed their body to go, go after the Wuhan HU1. But if there were other variants and the ones up front were alpha, right? Everybody got to learn the Greek alphabet over the last two years. Can't spell with it, but they got to learn letters out of it. Um, so that would be spread. And so the unvaccinated who had no protection at all now had Wuhan HU1 and the variant. That worked for a while until the general population started getting exposed, because let's remember, there is spike protein, nucleocapsid, which, by the way, is what we make our best antibody and immune response to, innate. 8 um, the capsule, the membrane, the envelope, a variety of components. So when a person got it by person to person, you made an immune response for all those parts. So what happened is that as more and more the population got infected, the tables flipped. Now, the people who had been exposed person to person who hadn't been vaccinated had antibodies to a number of variants because the variants were now being spread to them and a number of parts of those viruses, giving them a greater chance for the next variant. Who was now crippled? The people who had been vaccinated just to Wuhan hu one So up front, they they were the the least disease going in a hospital. But over the course of time, as the general population has become more and more exposed, what do we see? We see the data has slipped. And now the people at the disadvantage are the ones who got vaccinated simply to Wuhan one. Now, why do I put it that way? Well, I do that. I did that entire explanation because it explains that asymptomatic cures are real. It explains why the data being reported early on and now are all valid, right? Um, And it explains where we're going. Because if you keep this vaccination program up with pressured selection, you are going to promote more and more and more of this phenomenon. <clears throat> and you will find people getting incredibly, I mean, look at me, I'm the poster boy. I've had Wuhan H1 in January of 2020. And I had Delta last year, thanks to somebody being kind enough to share it. I've not been vaccinated, and I'm not taking any drugs for it. And I'm 66 with no other health problems. Okay, so maybe maybe I'm a skewed perspective there. Right now, look at Biden and Fauci, double vaccinated and boosted, and treated with Paxlovid, and they they don't look that good when they're coming through the system, do they? Right, that they're poster boys for it, poster children. All right. So the reality is. This vaccination program is continued put pressure selection, now with 28 variants, and they'll continue because a virus wants to exist, wants to survive. That immunity requires immunity to as many of the variants as possible and as many of the parts as possible. And if you are focused on we're going to go after one part and one type, great. Go make an Omicron vaccine for spike protein of one of the one of the six Omicrons. As they say here in Texas, bless your heart.
1: Dr. Lindsay, I know you wanted to jump in also, uh Christy, I know you're limited on time if you have any uh, questions or comments or anything you want to share. Um, I
8: was just going to can you hear me okay, by the way?
1: Yeah, you sound
7: great.
8: Okay. Okay. I just, I just hopped on my laptop rather than set up my whole studio system because I knew I didn't have much time. But, um, I mean, obviously I have very limited knowledge. Um, anybody that doesn't know who I am, I'm a, Reformed former news anchor, propaganda puppet—you know—that has seen the light. I so appreciate you, Doctor Fleming, for being on. And I, like I've said to you in person, I appreciate that you're not afraid to disagree with even the alternative opinion because <laughs> I think that that it, we need to debate. We need to talk about these things. Um, but again, because I have limited knowledge um, of these very deep subjects, uh, I was thinking about this whole flu vaccine and how for many years, we have been told that, at, like, they're just guessing on um, the variant. And so, I mean, could that be the cop-out when you're talking about different variants and, and how ineffective the vaccine has been? They'll just compare it to the flu vaccine and, and say, well, you know, even with the flu vaccine, you know, it's it's only 30% effective sometimes, you know. Uh, and And I guess also on that note, has the failings of this vaccine changed your opinion on vaccines in general. For me, um, vaccines, my opinion of it really changed when I basically guinea pigged myself out for a story with a uh, nasal spray vaccine one year. And so for my story, I was like, here I am. It's so easy. This is great. And I've never been sicker in my life until after I got that stupid nasal vaccine, I was like dead for two weeks. Um, but I, I kind of threw a lot at you, but hopefully, you can, feel free anybody to answer.
2: Um, so, so in response to that, you know, again, vaccines don't keep you from getting infected or spreading anything. They never have, they never will. They They, they expose you to what we think you're going to get, and then you develop an innate immune response in three to five days and antibody humoral response in seven to 10 days. And then you make memory cells so that when you get infected, your body knows what to make sooner and shortens the duration. So you are less symptomatic. That's, that's the goal of it. And I think that by and large people are under this, this premise that um, while you get vaccinated, you you don't get sick. I mean, Look, I, I know that's the premise because I've I've heard so many people say, well, we thought, and isn't that what they told us? And it's like, well, I don't know if that's what you thought. And I don't know what they're telling you. But if they're telling you that, they're wrong. I mean, that's that's just not even the science of immunology or but, I or mean, medicine. Dr. Fumming,
8: they they Dr. Fauci himself literally told us that. Like, you get this uh, vaccine, yeah, you're not yeah. going to get sick.
2: Yeah, well, he was wrong, wasn't he? Um, so, uh, that's, that's an example of, I don't know, maybe he was sick that day himself and didn't attend class. Um, and suddenly thinks that because he's head of NIAID, he's, he's now right. Um, you know, and again, it's one of the uh, explanations for how you have influenza and it takes one vaccine a year because the mutational changes aren't that much. And we have a pretty good idea what they are because basically we've been tracking this. You'll love this. Back to China, where where most of these originally come from, and and with the animal exchange and everything else, so we know basically what they're going to be. 28 variants in a year and a half means it's not a naturally occurring typical response. Three of them, the PCR data shows on eight to 10 places on all three of these variants, biological weapons they made are a match, are a match, This is These are biological weapons. Three of them out. They've been exchanging nicely. We put pressure selection on them with the vaccines. We demonstrated that we could force. I mean, this is nothing more than an advanced animal passage experiment, right? Which is how we used to do it. Put Keep running them through the animals. The animals will mutate it and send out a new mutational change. Now guess what the animal is.
3: You should have a clue. Or the lab you got
2: it. You got that. Yeah. And I have shown that. In, in different slides on different research projects, that that the that the animal model for uh, for SARS CoV two that they have run to see what they can get to change is human. The papers actually say human. You look at all the other viruses; that say uh, rabbits, uh, mice, uh, horses, cows, SARS CoV two, human, human. You know, published papers. you you, you know when you when you look at it you just kind of you have to look at it and say oh my god okay um so yeah we're the we're the we're you know that's that comedy that somebody did at one of my presentations and i've been i used her slide a couple times with two mice looking at each other and one mouse is saying to the other one are you going to get the new vaccine and the other one says well they haven't finished the human trials yet you know um it, it, I mean, it's a good reminder of where we're at. Um, Christy, did I answer all of those? Uh, I, I know there were multiple components there. So, was well, there a part today? Well,
8: I know Dr. McCullough is on the on here as well, and I was just hearing him in sure. another podcast talk about just how crazy it is that you know when he was younger there was like three vaccines, and now there's like oh, seventy two. Yeah. So, I, I, I guess the only part you didn't answer is is has any of this given you pause with other vaccines or the vaccine schedule just since this, this happened the way that it did?
2: Um, so I have a lot of questions after the last two and a half years. You know, with 54 years of my life spent doing research, thinking that people who conducted research did it legitimately and with the best reasons, you know, uh, I mean, the FDA, if you look at the number of drugs that's pulled off the market in the last two years, they pulled twice as many drugs off as they've approved, right? So I have questions. I, I My confidence level right now in a lot of things are, are is is pretty shaken. Now, uh, that doesn't mean that I'm throwing medicine out the window or, or any of the rest of this out the window, but I have real concerns. Now, I have seen people who have had um, uh, uh, re- problems with Bella and, and primary pulmonary hypertension as a result of not being vaccinated. So I can't tell you that I'm anti these basic things. I think we have some basic ideas that going back, and I'm a little older than Dr. McCullough. Um, I was a kid. Um, you know, we did have a fewer number of vaccines, and now we have run amok with let's tell everybody we can vaccinate with everything. And I'll tell you, the one that I have the biggest problem on, and I know I'm I'm hitting more of a social issue here, P V vaccines. Yes. And, and and the reason why I have difficulties with this is that the argument is this is to, designed to prevent an infection. Again, it doesn't prevent infection. No vaccine does that. In young women who are sexually active that are getting a, a, a virus from their partners causing cervical cancer. Okay. I, I don't want to, I don't want to be the moral prude here or um, uh, whatever it might come off as, and I don't mean to offend anybody, but what happened to the concept of uh, practicing some type, I mean, I'm the guy who worked on cholesterol for so many years. I mean, prevention of a problem means you take some personal responsibility. It doesn't vaccinate or something. I just, I just reviewed a paper and accepted it for publication that showed that HPV is associated with an increased incidence for heart disease. Well, of course it is. I'm the guy who wrote the theory in 94 that says these viruses and bacteria and other things are precipitating factors for all these inflammatory body diseases like heart disease. But that doesn't mean that I think that we should be running around vaccinating our kids, particularly when California is trying to pass legislation that says, Guess what, mom and dad? You may not know that your daughter or your son got vaccinated for this because they don't need your permission and they don't need your, they don't need you to know. And, and, and we can do it without you. Um, there's, there's a real legitimate question raised here about what happened to us working as a society to maybe do the things that prevented a problem versus, well, let's just start vaccinating everybody for everything and then we can run amok. And I'm sorry if that stepped on somebody's toes, but. Then again, I'm
1: really not. So, Dr. Lindsay, now that you're officially fasting, since uh, since I asked you, I've been trying to get you in here.
9: No, no problem at all. I was having a lot of computer problems. First, uh, Dr. Fleming, thank you very much for for your thoughts on all of this and all your research and all your fight and all of the work that you've been doing to stand up against this. Thank you very much. I really appreciate Thanks. it. Um, I, I, my worry is of all the new MR, I, I mean, I have several worries, but the new mRNA vaccines that have gone literally unchecked, um, if they are leaky as well, as I believe the RSV vaccine was, last year we had a horrible time with RSV, a particularly unseasonable RSV that hit in the spring and summer when it didn't, it's never done that before, um, and just a year prior, they had started the mRNA vaccine trials for RSV. Who is monitoring these? Who is, where is the oversight for unleashing you know, the 50-plus the trials that we have on mRNA vaccines for all of these different diseases and the potential for them, several of them, to be leaky? We don't even have any more phylogenetic analysis for the SARS-CoV uh, strain. They stopped. They they literally stopped monitoring in two thousand twenty one when it became abundantly apparent that the vaccines themselves, the genetic vaccines, were forcing the mutations in the variants, and they just stopped following. Um, I can't find anything for SARS. Uh, how do we how do we stop this craziness? It, it's like a free for all.
1: Well. I'd, I'd... sorry just before i forget because this is really important people this is probably one of the most commonly uh questions that i get from people is how do you test if somebody isn't feeling good because of the vaccine because one thing that i'm seeing over and over again is people going to their doctor saying i don't feel right since i got the vaccine and they just keep dismissing it and you know people are coming to me and asking me like well how if i wanted to pressure the a, a doctor into uh, looking for some some uh example or or some evidence that the the vaccine could have been uh having some negative effect on my body how do you test for that Do you can you test for the spike protein is there so uh, not to cut you off but this is something that is i think is really important because we are dealing with the aftermath of all these people who were tricked into getting something that wasn't as effective as it as they claimed and now there's a lot of people that aren't feeling right and if they do want to be proactive and go see if if it's having some negative effect on them how do they approach their doctors with uh you know uh i with this issue i mean how how do they because a lot of doctors are dismissing it miriam you you might want to you might want to answer this i guess i want to
5: just they want to they don't want to acknowledge these people i had they interviewed a a half-vaxxed human and they the their face this was early on was just like oh you're vaccinated they just want to sweep them under the rug they so many have been gaslit i i have written a 45 page protocol from a functional medicine point of view it's more of an encyclopedia they need to work with a, a doctor um, in, because of course we're in uncharted territories as far as measuring the replicating spike protein, or whether it's the the lipid, the fake synthetic lipid that's causing the harm, or if their innate toll receptors have been completely taken out. Uh, yes, I'm not a doctor, but I am. Um, I do work with people who are injured now as a functional medicine coach and consultant with other doctors, so. That's my two cents that they don't want to recognize from the people I've interviewed.
2: Yeah. There's clearly a lot of uh, individuals who don't want to admit that there's a problem because, you know, ignorance is bliss uh, until it gets to the point that it really touches somebody very close to you. And I think that's the turnaround point for a lot of people that have gotten gotten the message, Miriam. there, there's no specific blood test that you can do that would differentiate the the vaccine from a person-to-person spread, so that type of thing. Um, I will tell you, um, for what it's worth, that um, there are treatments that we measured, actual tissue changes for infection and for the disease, COVID, that do work, that we'll be presenting uh, at the AFNIC conference on the 8th of September. I have uh, done something that I held off as long as possible to do, which is I posted on FlemingMethod.com the treatments that we actually measured that worked. Um, so you can find it on a couple of sites. You can find it uh, towards the, the very beginning on the left where you go down under SARS-CoV-2, and you will find all the protocols for that. You will also find the protocols for people who have been vaccinated, and have had shedding problems <clears throat> that we have done the work with the European and Mediterranean community. Um, and then on the far right, you'll see a drop down. I think it's answers. And you can drop down to the different protocols. They are uh, both on the flow sheets, again, including the cost of how just inexpensive it is to actually treat these things. Um, and there's also the PDFs are in English, Greek uh italian and german uh in the countries that we did some of the research on so it's available for people as far as the question of how do we stop this the answer is the indictments. because if we do not indict these people they are left to do what they want to do i think anthony fauci's uh, statement today is very telling i don't know how many of you actually read his his particular statement but the actual pdf should do anything but make you uh comfortable because on the second page of that PDF, he says, while I am moving on from my current position, I am not retiring. After more than 50 years of government service, I plan to pursue the next phase of my career while I still have so much energy and passion for my field, and I know that he probably should not go into baseball. I want to use what I have learned as NIAID director to continue to advance science and public health and to inspire and mentor the next generation of scientific leaders as they help prepare the world to face future infectious disease threats. Now, that does not sound like a man who thinks that he has anything to fear. This is a man who's telling you he's moving over to a new position that's been made available for him, and he plans to have control over who's coming into the system. If that and what's going on in the world is not enough to get people to go to 10letters.org Go on there, fill out the information, download the cover letter and the letter for indictment, send into your AGs, and then to send off to ten more people that you know, and continue this process. I don't know what it will take, but I will say something that I started telling people about twenty-two days ago. You have ninety days because, based upon what's going on in the world and the changes that are going in about. 68 or 70 days i think that we will have another lockdown going into effect that will make the last one seem like a picnic and this one if they institute it we won't be coming out of with the society that we entered it with so i don't say that it's not a fear thing it's a reality thing the united people in the united states of america need to wake up and recognize that the rights and the privileges that we've been struggling with for the last two and a half years we didn't do that that was our forefathers that was the people who founded this country and they went to the effort of establishing a set of principles that would allow the people that came after them to do something when the government runs amok our government has run amok the evidence shows that people in our government have violated federal treaties and develop biological weapons. Everything else that happened is a consequence of that. Everything that they're doing now are new biological weapons. We're going to allow them to do that. We won't have a United States of America. Uh, You can come up with whatever name you want. So we have an opportunity. We have a privilege that was given to us by our founding fathers. If you're listening to this or the people that you're talking to are thinking of this as some obligation or burden, you need to get a mind reset on that one. This is not an obligation or burden. This is an opportunity for you to leave a legacy for the people that you care about, whether that's your children, your grandchildren, your friends. I don't care. But you have an opportunity to decide how you're going to answer a question that in 10 years is going to be asked of you, which is... What did you do in 2022 when it looked like this was coming back, when these biological weapons were being launched again, when they came to take the freedoms away, what did you do? Did you step forward? Are you one of the people that helped these indictments to occur to stop this? Or were you one of the people who stepped aside and said, I'll let somebody else do this And we lost our country and our lives. The choice is yours,
1: Mel, or anybody else who hasn't spoken yet might want to jump in.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not really my thing,
10: uh, isn't? I mean, there's so many great people that are in their different wheelhouses obviously dr fleming is saying something very important there's a lot of things that they're coming at us with with at the same time they're coming they don't care this installed regime that is running our country it's really not our government in my opinion my estimation from my work (laughs) this is an international group honestly that created all of this that is a, a decades well centuries long basically banking Cabal that have decided that our government no longer matters. There's no reason for our government to exist, and we have to start realizing that. You know, sitting back. I, I know a lot of people here don't sit back and go out there and do whatever they can wherever they can and speak up and are very brave. But the truth of the matter is that they're coming at us financially with this one four zero. 6-7 uh, uh, digital currency bill that people aren't taking serious. It's an executive order. It is coming from the World Economic Forum. It is not about Bitcoin. It is about the central bank digital currency track and trace that aligns also with the World Health Organization. Uh, Our H.R. 4666, which is the track and trace that we allowed somehow to pass during covid. Well, they're going to connect that. It's all on the World Economic Forum's website. The uh, obviously Larry Fink is the head of BlackRock, but is also on the board of the World Economic Forum, the Council of Foreign Relations. The only financial uh, entity allowed to run in the CCP. He's pushing the ESG, central bank, digital currency. This is the end of private banking and privacy in America forever and uh we cannot let this happen so you know we have to we have the fighters on the front lines fighting the bioweapons we need a lot more people on the front lines saying there will be no esg score or central bank digital currency in america meanwhile we really need to get rid of the fed and if that means going back to state state uh banks or you know a national bank these people are the whole thing with the with the this is all connected and like dr fleming said and some other people said This is all part of the same thing. It's not, these aren't pieces. They were all planned. And if you go back to to uh, August, 2019, when uh, BlackRock and all the bankers got together in Jackson Hole, and they kind of said, we're going to go direct, and we're going to do this and that, and people aren't paying attention. And they're kind of setting up the bailout for COVID. while it didn't even happen yet. And then six months later, we get hit with this. Who's giving us our money? BlackRock. Something is very wrong. We are being run by a bunch of oligarch billionaires and trillionaires, frankly, because they hide their money and their foundations and their NGOs. But we really do need to understand that they're coming at us financially. They're coming at us in terms of our supply chain. They're coming at us through the border. Yesterday it came out. Uh, about 250,000 unaccompanied minors, which are really trafficked children, have disappeared into the interior since Joe Biden came into office. You know, we're going, they've they've weakened our military, yet they're starting wars all over the place. This is a, like, like the best of the best, you know, like Charlie Robinson has always called it. It's the controlled demolition of America from the inside out, but they're coming at us from every angle. And too many people are still in the paradigm of left, right, Republican, Democrat, this and that. I'm at a place where I don't buy any of that. I think that we are in a, a serious situation where we, the people of the United States, have to align and realize we're being divided uh, on purpose by race, by gender, by sexuality, by color, by religion. It's all fake. It is all so that we don't pay attention to these manipulators at the very top of which Fauci is one of them and has been for 40 years, and start looking at who benefits, who benefits from Ukraine and that war and killing all those people for no reason, who benefits from building NATO, who benefits from a central bank digital currency, who benefits from a non-ending pandemic pandemic that is gonna kill way more people than it's it, than was ever estimated by side effects and boosters. Who benefits? It's this group of people that literally are the fourth Reich. And, and you know, it's really time. I, I got together with a bunch of different people over on Cloud Hub for this Ignite uh, Freedom thing. It's worldwide. It's all over. It's every a country. The whole world's waking up. But our Constitution and Bill of Rights is all that's standing in between the whole world falling and and us saving our country and you know it wasn't everyone in 1775 that fought and it's not going to be now but like uh the last time i was on this show there was a great guy i can't remember his name but he was talking about something and he was saying um i think he was going around with Dr Shiva and he was saying even if it's just 3% of americans that get out there and stand up and fight back and say no we're not going to have the great reset you're not going to fund any more bioweapons we're going to go we're going to start you know d de- uh, escalating wars and stop being our only business is is the military industrial complex. You know, it's not that hard because there's so few of them, but they do like Donald Trump said it when he was running. He said there's an invisible enemy, they have all the money, all the power, their own military, and they don't care what we think. They don't they don't want our countries to have sovereignty. And uh, they've been planning this for 50 years. Well, they're in their endgame. Mm-hmm. And uh, their endgame because we're awake, is is being thwarted and they're they're doubling down and and one thing I want to say to everyone if they don't understand that our country has been usurped Mm -hmm. and that there's a group of billionaires and trillionaires and bankers very top is bank of international settlements and the central banks they come right down it's like JFK told us about the secret societies and he was going to take them apart and they killed him for it and they killed everyone who's tried so far but you know what now there's billions of people on this planet that are awake and all of them are waiting for some kind of sign (laughs) to do something, but I'll tell you what I do. I go to the UN website, the World Economic Forum website, IMF, uh, World Bank, um, World Health Organization, NATO, they all are saying the same thing. This is, is, they are in, in their game mode and we can stop it, but like Dr. Fleming said, either you're gonna step up right now and fight for this country and stop being divided on purpose, or this country is in big trouble. And anyone waiting for some kind of plan or some kind of, you know, operation to come and save us, they are mistaken. This is up to us. And uh, that's all I can say, because this he's he's right, the by the bioweapons planned out for the next 20 years until they get rid of as many of us as possible. This is all it's all documented. Everyone here, pretty much knows that. And it's just there's it's amazing to me that so many people don't know. And another thing, We should all probably start, in my opinion, because everyone here has a voice and and an audience, uh, start looking at the people who don't vote, who don't care about the government, who think it's all corrupt. I'm I'm talking about I went up to New York this weekend. Jason was there, too. And um, and uh, we we spoke to a lot of patriots. But you pass a lot of Amish people along the way and people that live off the grid and, you know, and they but they need to get involved, too. They're being hurt, too. We really need to unite as Americans and just stop playing along with the left, right, you know, Trump Biden game. It's all a fraud. And uh, I just really hope everyone understands that this is uh, (laughs) literally the American Revolution 2.0. And uh, we have a lot to lose right now.
0: I've got a quick question for uh, Dr. Fleming. You said in uh, 60 to 90 days uh, there's going to be another lockdown We're a potential for a lockdown what would be the excuse this time around
2: well the excuse this time around is is variety i mean Mel okay just pointed out some of the things that are going on you add to that um nitrogen shortage food shortage gasoline prices everybody net right everybody right now is happy that gas is going back down except that they forgot that it's higher than it was a year ago right but they're happy um because they can tap into things. What they're doing is is they have been testing the waters to see what it will take for a no-response scenario. And it's not going to be a single thing. They're doing all of these things at once. They're playing with the money. They're controlling the food production. They are controlling the infectious disease. They are controlling the medical community. They are controlling the vaccines. They are promoting that. They've got monkeypox. They've got other viruses to play with. It's just a matter of making the population afraid and unwilling to fight back that will allow them to put it under control. Right now, they don't have to do a heck of a lot more to get this under control, except to have a new pandemic, a new threat. And monkeypox, wow, we have to start getting people vaccinated and we don't have enough vaccines. They have the gay community stressed out to where they're lining up to get vaccinated for monkeypox. And there's not enough of the vaccine for them. Remember that scenario? That's what happened at the beginning of the SARS-CoV-2 vaccine, was lining them up because we don't have enough for it. You put enough fear into people and you can manipulate them. They're not going to have to do an awful lot more. You're not going to have to look at some brand new event coming down. Because if you watch the countries around the world, they are already going into lockdown. I think Germany just issued, if I remember correctly, it was Germany, a triple uh, color passport system. Green, you've been vaccinated recently. Yellow, your vaccine is more than three months old. And red, you're not vaccinated. And it's going to control what you can do and what you can get. And when you institute a system like that, you will manipulate the people because they won't be able to go with their electronic currency that Mel K is talking about and get anything. Because they won't have anything. There's some girl from China that does a podcast about how wonderful it is, and she has been compliant with everything the Chinese government has, and she can go and anytime she wants take her card and get a bicycle to to bicycle wherever she wants to do. <clears throat> that's called compliance. That's called leverage. You know when they send out those those checks, those checks that by the way that's our money. That 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 you know that's our money. It's not their money. I mean, Biden didn't grow this in his backyard. This is tax money that they leveraged back from people to give checks twice a year. And the people were desperately holding their hands out for it. The whole thing that 2030, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Look at what's going on around you. You'll not only own nothing and be happy, you will do whatever they want you to do. If they tell you go vaccinate up, You'll go vaccinate up and you won't even know what you're being vaccinated for. At this point in time, they'll be able to, I mean, uh, the state of Missouri that said that no human being could be forced to take a treatment that they didn't want cruising via Missouri. That was a Supreme Court case. The Supreme Court said no human, no American can be forced to take a treatment they do not want. Well, we're not following the law anymore, are we? The Supreme Court ruled you can't do that. But what did we have happen? A federal government that took complete control with power they don't have to tell you where you could go, when you could go, who you could be near. Could you be near somebody if they weren't vaccinated? I mean, and what's the thing now? You'll be okay in the fall. They've already started this campaign. If you are with other vaccinated people, however... If somebody comes into your group who isn't vaccinated, you won't be as safe. So you might want to do whatever you need to do to make sure that person is compliant. Remember, when Gehring was being tried at the Nuremberg trial, he said any government can get any people to do what it wants if it tells them there's a problem, tells them what the solution is, and tells them that anybody who doesn't go along with that is a conspirator or traitor to the country. And the American attorney had the audacity to say, no, 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 not in the United States. We live in a democracy. And Gary came back to him and said, well, to begin with, you live in a republic that any republic, parliament, fascist, socialist, communist country can get its people to do what it wants to do if it lays those three things, three things out. There's a problem. There's a solution. Anybody doesn't go along with this problem. You have to address it. Now, we've seen it repeatedly tested in the United States. We're not far from them coming to a full lockdown on us again. Monkeypox, a new variant of SARS-CoV-2, they're trying out now. You're going to get vaccinated for the new variants of Omicron, which are only going to work for that particular variant of Omicron, and it's not even the full thing and you've got Mir- Miriam I think you were the one who was talking about the lipid nanoparticle vaccines and the mRNA vaccines those have been used for more than a decade for cancer and none of them have worked but here we are in 2022 talking about how important they are to have
9: and
10: they're going to complete they're going to complete <clears throat> also they're already doing it the climate emergency that they've created as well and, uh, yeah. you know, the 700 billion dollars that they just passed our government to pay for the climate emergency that doesn't exist that they're creating because the biggest climate disaster is war and they're starting wars all over the world. So, you know, they're now if you look at the World Health Organization or the World Economic Forum, they're talking about the viruses, the, the, the va- vaccines in the same paragraph. As climate emergency, I mean it's so insane. But I'm telling you, I live in New York City, not for long, but I do still. At least forty percent of this city will do anything the government tells them right now. I'm sorry, it's just true.
2: Well, we just paid for eighty-seven thousand new agents to join the IRS, and everybody had to watch with awe when they had to go out there and take off that phrase, willing to use any to control people now they didn't you know that was not an accident somebody put that intentionally in there but somebody else said well wait a minute that, that might not look good to have on there we just authorized the funding of eighty-seven thousand more federal agents well and even
11: that is kind of a uh a distraction because I, we did this on the show this morning the united states already has a standing army of armed bureaucrats the like 22 23,000 armed irs agents that are coming in throughout the next year out of the 87 that have been approved over a 10-year span just add to the mix of All of the armed bureaucratic agents that we currently have, and it's a lot, and they've got a lot of guns, and they've got a lot of rounds. The EPA, for some reason, has a bunch of submachine guns lying around. This is just a continuation of this, and as we get further and further uh, into, I guess, PSYOP season they're ratcheting up the ways in which you and I all get censored. The state department hosted a round table in Ukraine about trying to figure out how to classify people who pass dis, and malinformation around as information terrorists to be charged as war criminals, this is something the U S state department sponsored over the weekend. There were a number of different uh, NGOs and, and little, uh, satellite agencies involved. And it is 100% used under cover of Ukraine, but will apply to COVID, will apply to climate change, will apply to monkeypox, will apply to the polio that Fauci gave everybody right before he retired.
10: Yeah, and if you look at the um, the IMF or the World Economic Forum right now or any of them about the central bank digital currency that they're planning for the world, it's a financial world governance, by the way, to them and stakeholder capitalism and all that. They're actually planning, uh, it appears to me from what I'm seeing, to have no more uh that you do your own taxes that's not that's not going to be what they're doing anymore it's going to be an algorithm that comes from the central bank that is completely on a blockchain that watches every single thing you buy everyone you donate to every time you start anything you do and the esg social credit score is going to be involved it's going to be this digital wallet they all talk about it they show their whole graph on the world economic forum it's insanity it is total communism by uh, by surveillance, track and trace—it's your biometrics. All your World Health Organization—they're all saying the same thing. Those IRS agents are not, <laughs> obviously, and they're also being hired under the executive order of diversity, equity, and inclusion. So they're not looking for the best mathematicians and uh, and, and and accountants out there. These these have this—they are taking when they say that they're going direct. When when Larry Fink and the bankers say that. They mean they're skipping the government. They're skipping Congress. They're skipping lawmaking. They're going right to the people. And and that's going to be all of it in this and, and the climate cr- track and trace crap. I mean, it's all there, but these IRS agents are not for uh, the traditional audit because I think they're going right to yeah. your bank account. Right. If you look at what they're saying, they're saying that the the whole concept of us, and, and remember when they went, we went to the IRS to get our, um, People went there to get their uh, checks from the government. I think we were all signing up for the, for the IRS track and trace when they put out those checks, that they were getting information with that. Remember, they wanted our face recognition at the IRS. Well, they're, and they're, and they're making that, that man.
11: They're going to make that mandatory for twenty twenty three or twenty twenty four going forward, to where you do the the real right. ID facial mapping thing, and then you log into the IRS website, and that's how you file your
12: tax. Well, and not only America, it's going to be Canada. They're going to go to. Right. They've already said that they're going to bring this international too. So thank you for paying for what we're going to go through soon and open up your border. I by think the way, you're already too. there. Uh, by the way we're, we're building you the like canadian Canada Underground is still railroad on the front
10: lines of like being the bravest of all the countries so
9: far
10: <laughs> you know yeah, but, you uh, guys are but doing great
12: IRS. compared to other countries you guys are doing good honestly i mean there are provinces just took away the the, the real data they were starting to measure with i mean i was, I was kind of gonna ask fleming about this too but it doesn't really matter now because it's gone but it was showing it that this, this is such a disaster that they took them away and people don't seem to care, but I mean, that, that has, there has to be some repercussions there for these health uh, agencies, just taking away data when it doesn't suit them. But anyways, that's, you know, I'll water under the bridge now, but uh, I just wanted to say before uh, we run out of time here too, uh, thanks uh, Dr. Fleming for all all you do. I remember um, you helped uh, me and my family through this whole thing back. It must've been like Christmas, 2020, early 2021, uh, you were one of the bright lights there, you and McCullough both. So um, yeah, thank you very much. And it's good to see you all as well.
4: Yeah,
13: Dr. Fleming, plug plug your uh, where people can find you <laughs> as we wrap this up. We want to make sure everybody gets the chance to uh let themselves be known. Where can people right. find so your work?
2: I, I guess there's three uh three sites. One is Fleming Method, F-L-E-M-I-N-G, M E T H O D, just one word, Fleming Method dot com. Uh, the second one is Crimes Against Humanity Tour, all compressed. And the third one, I think most, most critical right now is 10, the the number 10, letters, L-E-T-T-E-R-S dot O-R-G, 10letters dot org, where you can go on, get a cover letter, get the letter for an indictment, send it in. Um, this is beginning to take off. And if we do this properly, they will certainly have to respond to all the U.S. citizens that are doing it. I mean, um, somebody posted one of the ant videos. You know, the, that cartoon where the where the one ant was talking about the fact that if the people stand up, that's what they don't want to see. They don't want to see the people united. If the people actually unite. And I have said twenty to thirty percent of the U.S. population is more than adequate to do this. And I think the fact that they are you know i did an interview earlier today that they took or yesterday that they took down three times three times and they permanently banned the person who ran it from facebook for 30 days and he's never been banned and he's covered i don't know how many how many uh sasha stone he has covered i don't know how many um interviews in the past but they they literally interrupted it three times and kicked facebook for 30 days So we know we're over the target if the people of the united states will stand up send in these indictments and be cohesive put our differences aside god knows i have disagreements with a lot of people i don't care the major focus here is the gain of function biological weapons that have caused this put the differences aside Let's go after these people. Let's get them indicted and let the world see and answer the questions that people like Australia and New Zealand are saying, Americans, where are you? I think it's time for Americans, the people of America, to show the world where we are. And we are not under the thumbs. We can be, but we need not be under the thumbs of these bureaucrats or whatever you want to call them. Enough is enough is enough. We didn't get here because our ancestors took the easy road. It's time for us to step forward and do our job.
13: Well to 30
2: Percent is all we need.
13: Well said, Miriam. Um, are you still writing? Am I still, <laughs>
5: Am I still writing uh, on what my book or right now? I have billion uh, tabs.
13: Activist post articles.
5: Oh, I am. Um, I have found some explosive stuff in regards to george floyd and so i'm waiting for the pi that i'm working with to tell me exactly what it is that i'm looking at so i'm very eager to birth this book and and doc again big shout out to sean Hibler who's uh editing my film because it's gonna be awesome and um please people stand up find your balls or go buy them um Reassignment surgery. I'm joking, but but um, really, we we do need to stand together because one person standing will just you know you get banned off of an airline, you you get prison in prison for Facebook. We need to find our balls together. Um, so yeah. yeah, you can find me on Truth Lives Here on Rockfin, and thank you everyone on this panel for their courage and their balls
13: mystic mark what's cooking with alt media united thanks for having me wow this has been a learning experience dr fleming it's been a pleasure james as well and uh peter although he's not here anymore and mel i loved what you just said earlier so it's it's been a pleasure just sitting here and absorbing all this information and uh yeah what I have going on is all on crazy dot com. I just put out a nine hour podcast, believe it or not, uh, episode two hundred. So Sam was a guest, and uh, eight other people. So it was it, it was a lot of it was a lot of uh, audio. But thanks for having me, okay What's cooking? Hi
3: there
10: uh well everything's going uh I'm out there all the time I'm doing events everywhere I can. I go speak to anyone large and small i'm doing a an event with Lara Logan and Tom Holman about the border uh the tenth in Palm Beach area I'm doing a uh, amp fest in october also uh I'm doing uh, an event with uh the Re- with uh General Flynn and the Reawaken America tour in Washington state at the end of the month so uh uh, you can go to the com. We have events. We have a full amazing resource page where you can look up uh, basically any of this. There's also the Wikipedia, um, not Wikipedia, WikiLeaks, uh, all of their stuff. There's uh, the, a lot of CIA D-class, a lot of FBI D-class. You can look up and you should. Everyone that's running for office on there, where their money came from, what they voted for in the past, who they are and what they're doing in our government and why they're there. I happen to think they should all be uh, voted out that are there now. But, you know, we got to do what we got to do. And then um, my main hub is Rumble, where it's the Mel K show. Uh, and I'm, uh, I'm I'm not great at social media, but I'm a getter, uh, gab and truth social uh, Mel K and at the Mel K show. And I'm on Bitchute, Shoot, Cloud Hub and Frank's um, Speech. And um, the Mel K show uh, dot TV. So Mel K uh,
13: Gets around.
10: I, I do. I do. I got to do what I got to do. I'm trying to save America.
13: <laughs> Who's got the fastest growing morning podcast in the world.
11: Oh, that's me. God. Uh,
10: Thanks. Cool.
11: Um, you can, uh, you can check us out uh, over on rocks. And I'm Steve, by the way, uh, my, my co-host pasta was here on the show earlier. Hopefully he he's on his way uh, back uh, and we can, get ready for tomorrow's show where we'll be hanging out with uh comedian ryan long um it's uh uh am wake up on rockfin uh monday through friday 7 a.m to 10 a.m pacific uh it's uh it's a heck of a show you should check it out i have another show called slow news day we do every sunday at 10 a.m on the west coast uh long form interviews and um, whole lots of of challenging and thought-provoking discussions thank you as always for uh allowing me to have some time on the best ensemble podcast in the universe uh very grateful and and as always um very very blessed to be on such an incredible show thank you
13: thank you steve uh grimerica are you guys still touring doing yeah, yeah, tours and just, yeah, it's kind of like being tours. on tour like a rock band you know except no, it's out in the w- woods
12: yeah we're checking out all the all the remnants of the flood with randall carlson in september two trips so in september. awesome we're going to egypt in november if uh if, uh, Fleming's ninety go. day thing doesn't happen or sixty day thing, but but you know in general we're in Canada going to test out um, your our digital identity for you guys. So we're going to have that all sorted out. We're going to be the test case for the world, so you guys can get your R- I- IRS agents up here and and uh, just bring that system right down over the border once you finally o- or, uh, open it up for us. I'm telling you, we got we got six million people want to come down there and visit you guys, but you won't open up the border. It's, hey. Don't talk to me. Talk we to just, the retard in charge. Uh, Underground a, Railroad. We just released an audio book called "The Behavior of Crowds" uh, by Everett Dean Martin in the early 1900s. Fantastic book, because he talks about how they can they can shape public opinion, like making bricks back in the early 1900s. Yeah, man. they even had all this digital stuff. So We're at you, can a find, you can find severe disadvantage
13: out. when it yeah. comes to this. Oh yeah,
12: so you can yeah. find out everything at GreyAmerica.ca. Thanks, James. Where can people find your work? Well,
4: listen, we just had a meeting with Dr. Russell Blaylock at IPAC. Oh, okay. nice. He's now part of the Vaxxed on Vax study phase two. If you don't know about it, the Oregon Medical Board actually suspended Dr. Paul's license as a condition of getting his license back. Uh, Dr. Paul agreed not to do any more science. And since I'm a PhD, I needed an MD. It took me this long, but Dr. Russell Blaylock actually stood up. We look. We're looking at the data now. I can't wait to publish this next phase of the study. It completely exonerates Dr. Paul's study with me, which was retracted. Uh, I'm not going to go into the details, but I am at ipac-edu.org. I want Mel Kay to come teach for us. Please come teach a class, right? Dr. Mark McDonald is teaching a class in the fall, How Not to Be Fooled. It's all anti-propaganda stuff. But Mel, I'm telling you, man, come give me a call. I need you as an. Instructor. I
10: will. I will. I'll oh, go anywhere yes. to tell anyone yes. what they need to know to fight back and to save our country and our our future.
4: That, that's that always awesome.
13: would be great
4: for that. Yeah, that, that's I'll be awesome. In touch so, for sure. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, please do. Please do. Yeah. So, in addition to the Vaxton Vax study, uh, the airline uh, rebels uh, have contacted me. I met for some time with them. They want me to do a survey of airline pilots and other airline workers using their health records, using their employment records. That's going to be happening at IPEC. And also the Vaxxed versus unvax Phase 3 study, which is older kids versus younger kids when the families have stopped vaccinating. Uh, same thing as Vax 2, but scientifically we're going to do that as a survey. And listen, I want to thank each and every person that's here uh, for standing up and doing what you're doing. The last thought I want to leave with you when plant, uh, I was canned from LinkedIn with 61,000 people following me for daring to say that influenza prior to 2014 was actually influenza. In 2014, they said, no, 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 we're going to take anything that's respiratory that doesn't have a biochemical, biological test. It doesn't matter. It could be RSV. It could be COVID. It could be anything. We're going to call that influenza disease. I put out an article outing them for this. When COVID came along, they changed that bucket diagnostic to COVID. That's why influenza disappeared. They've been playing games this long, and that's why it's difficult to compare things to influenza. But now I'm banned from Twitter. I'm gone. They cooked me. I'm, I'm toast. So, <laughs> well, it's a sign
13: that you're right over the target, and we appreciate um, all of the work totally, that, totally. that you've done. Uh, Ricky Verandas is doing one of the greatest shows around. Tell us about it. I'm not. I'm not. It's okay. But, uh,
1: it's great because all you guys have been on the show, so that's actually <laughs> why it's it's great. Mel K, we did a a, a show recently. Uh, hopefully, I'm dropping that in the next 24 hours. Oh, wow. Today, uh, oh. I have uh, Doctor or uh, Mayor Glenn Jacobs, also known as Undertaker's brother, also known as Kane from uh, WWE, and also the Libertarian. Uh, he's uh he's awesome. He outspoken, really fascinating guy. Obviously, has lived a uh very fascinating life. And um, and then yeah, always have great guests right around the corner. Podcast dot com. You can find it on all the video platforms except YouTube, like many of us, and all the audio platforms. Uh, so yeah, subscribe and um support. You know, all the content creators that are trying to bring you truth. And, uh, so hat, thank you so much, everybody, for, for joining us. This has been a amazing show, as always. I know, uh, oh, Brian Festa was here from, uh, We the Patriots USA. He had a, uh, uh, leave, but I'll, I'll plug his show. Um, the vaccine or the vaccine marathon, which is September 10th and 11th. Uh, go on his website. You'll be able to find more information, but every year he does a vaccine marathon. Uh many people that have been on this show and people in the past uh, have, um, you know, have joined us. And Chris Tooby just showed up. Look at that!
9: Hi, Ricky. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for the invite.
1: Uh, better late than never. Uh, we're actually winding down. Believe it or oh, not.
9: Okay. Oh no, I, <laughs> wrong time zone. Sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but this, why not plug you? Right? I mean, why? Why not? uh Chris Newby has been on my show. She's been on... Uh, I know I, I told um, Sam and, and Charlie about her work mm-hmm. and I think Sam and eventually having her on. She has an amazing book called Bitten um, about uh, basically her her Lyme disease story, how she got Lyme disease and uh, as a scientist, her uh, intriguement with it uh, led her down a rabbit hole that uh, exposed a lot of other really interesting things about Lyme disease and bio-warfare and, and all those things. And it was a book that was... Very interesting prior to 2020. I think even more interesting now. Um, But yeah, for people uh, listening who might want to contact you about uh, interviewing you or your book or anything like that, can you let people know uh, who you are and uh, where they can keep up with you?
9: Yeah. So Chris Newby, uh, the author of Bitten, The Secret History of Lyme Disease and Biological Weapons. And uh, I have a website, chrisnewby.com that has a summary of the book, samples of it. It's won three uh, narrative nonfiction book awards, but never reviewed by mainstream media. So I'm definitely part of the unwanted. Though now I can sit at the cool kids table because lab <laughs> leaks are cool.
1: And and maybe what we'll we'll do our next episode's going to be the fifth. <laughs> uh, okay. Same time. Well, same same time, but we'll just get it right this time. Get <laughs> the time zone
9: right. <laughs> Sorry. I'm in uh, Mountain Time. <laughs>
1: Oh, okay, yeah. great. Yeah. So so is Charlie. And uh so yeah. So the fifth, hopefully you can join us on that episode if you want to learn more about Chris Newby and uh where we can actually give her some time. But definitely check out her book, check out her work. Uh it's very fascinating. It you learn a lot about biowarfare and uh how this isn't a new thing. You know, I know it's kind of new in the public world, but they've been doing this for a long time. And uh, you know, I think many of us believe that Lyme disease was also uh because of some meddling with uh some natural stuff so um learn a little bit more about that anything else uh
13: midnight mike what's going on with obdm hey you had joe in studio yeah
0: yeah my co-host that was uh, a big deal yeah it it was fun hanging out with them um so actually i'm working on a browser plugin for chrome and browse to get around uh Lack of notifications, so it will allow for people to get notified on their browser when a new episode of Union of the Unwanted is available or when we're live or any of the affiliate shows who I choose to put in there. I'm getting ready to debate beta test probably within the next few weeks. I'll let people know when it's available for download and installation. Uh, but uh, you can check out my goofy show at obdmpod.com.
13: Uh, Sam Tripoli has dropped off, but you can check out Tinfoil Hat. Everybody loves Tinfoil Hat. Cash Daddies. oh God, you know, he's got like seven or eight of them. Can't be expected to remember them all, but we love Sammy. Um, And you can find my show, Macroaggressions, wherever podcasts are served and in video format on Iconic, Rockfin, Odyssey, and Band.Video. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.
5: Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Dr. Fleming, for joining.
1: Good to see you again, Marin.
5: Bye, everyone. God bless.
1: Thanks, Chris. Thanks for uh, showing up, and hopefully we'll see you uh, next week, every other Monday.
9: Okay. All right.
1: Bye. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Ricky. Hey, thanks, Dr. Fleming. (laughs) Bye-bye. Who is LG (laughs)
13: iPad? <laughs> it's just, it's probably the NSA. I messed from you and I didn't
1: commit up. talk Dr. Couch and thank you.